Support for Refined by Fire comes from Elkhart Brass. Elkhart Brass is a new sponsor on the show. And when we talk about Elkhart, we can talk about a lot of things. We talk about Made in America. We talk about Elkhart Brass rocking out since 1902 or the wide variety of product application. Um, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to tell you that we're repping Elkhart Brass on this show and taking them on as a sponsor because we believe that Elkhart truly has the best interest of the end user in mind. In a world of gimmicks and sales pitches that is fire service vendors, Elkhart is making nozzles and appliances that are truly firefighter focused and they believe that their products speak for themselves and I have to agree. If your committee or your department is looking to make a purchase of nozzles and appliances, go to ElkhartBrass.com, find your dealer, and hit them up. Uh, lastly, stay tuned at the end of the show. We're going to have a special little piece from Elkhart Brass for everyone to check out. All right, here we are, episode three of Refined by Fire. Three shows. I kind of can't believe we made it this far already. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, we're having a blast here making this show. Um, getting a lot of good feedback. Thank you, everyone, for downloading, subscribing, listening, and reviewing the show. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback through Messenger, through the website, through reviews, through email, people reaching out saying that they really like it, saying I could do something better. I really appreciate all of that. Please let us know, uh, you know, how it's bringing you value and what it could, what we could do to bring more value. Uh, Cause that's definitely our goal here at brothers in battle. And with this podcast refined by fire. Um, so moving on today, our guest on episode three of refined by fire is Brian Yonkin. Brian is a firefighter in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, Brian's really involved with the Art of Firemanship Days conference they run over there, as well as the Art of Firemanship Journal, which is uh, this amazing piece of content they put out, web magazine, beautiful photos, great writing, awesome contributors. So um, they're doing really good work. Uh, we had a really good talk. Brian's a smart dude. I really enjoyed this. We go over fitness routines, including my favorite, deadlifting. Uh, we talk about fighting fire in row homes. And Brian gets into what he calls the four pillars kind of of his life and what he's done to try to achieve success um, in finding balance between uh, personal life, uh, relationships, and of course, his career, which he loves firefighting. So hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Here's my talk with Brian Yonkin. Yonkin, thanks for being here today, dude. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, dude. Uh, I follow you on the social medias, and I've seen you like posting about fitness and specifically some videos of deadlifting. And, and I think you've been hitting some PRs. Did, did you get any pulls in this morning? Uh, that was yesterday. Uh, today's um, military press. I haven't done that yet. My body's still pretty sore from yesterday. Yeah, yeah, good. 
I did. I did some a lot of volume yesterday. So nice. Uh, overall, like, what's your fitness routine, and why do you choose to work out that way? <clears throat> I follow. I mean, my fitness routine is more than just like working out. Like, it's kind of like a healthy lifestyle, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> I do the uh, root regimen. It's called Five Three One. Okay. And uh, I think I think if I remember correctly, a couple of years ago, I saw it on the fire service warrior. It's kind of funny that it came full circle. That I'm, that's the program that I follow. <clears throat> I had a goal this year to get stronger. Last year was kind of like endurance stuff. This year I, uh, I pick a goal and then like I break that down into like 90 day goals to follow and to pursue so that like that kind of helps me stay motivated. And it's not like, Oh, what am I doing today? So this quarter is I want to do 315 back squat and I did like 290 last week. So it's going to take me, it's going to take me like three months to get there. But that was basically the beginning of July was the first quarter, beginning of the first quarter. So like I have plenty of time to get there. It was pretty wicked that first time. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good goal, man. Yeah. So like that's my that's my basic premise of it. It's like I pick a goal for the year and then I break that down into chunks. Basically that's the same thing I kind of do for everything in my life. So it works pretty good. Um, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something we'll definitely have to circle back to and, and talk about again, because uh, I think that could be really useful. I know I do not always do a good job of chunking those goals. So I definitely want to pick your brain on that. Yeah, man. No problem. Um, just, I guess staying on fitness a little bit, uh, it's clearly important to you and I, I really applaud you for that. Something we all need to take seriously. Uh, you work in Harrisburg, PA. Yes. And I think we'll kind of get into like the vital statistics and details of Harrisburg in a little bit, but you know, I know you guys see a decent amount of fire duty there mm -hmm. in Harrisburg. I mean, it's not the busiest fire department in America, but you're definitely catching fires and like learning those firsthand lessons. Um, so staying on physical fitness, I mean, you said last year you were kind of in endurance and now you're in strength. Have you ever had those moments or a moment on a fire where you're like, dude, I have to get in shape or I got to get stronger where it's something specific or, or maybe even the converse where you're like looking around and guys are dropping like flies and you're like, man, I'm glad I've, I'm glad I've been putting my effort into my fitness. Uh, what, what's yeah, kind of your experience been? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a good question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's been a couple times where I'm like, man, my shoulders are not as strong as they should be. So that's usually like something I try to um, work on the most for the most part. And then a lot of times usually I can <coughs> keep up with the uh, younger guys. There's a couple of guys that I came on with that are like in their 20s. And I'm like, well, if I keep up with them, I'm still pretty good. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, but there's some like literal studs that I work with and it's super hard to be like, okay, we're on a four cylinder and I'm just going to keep going, I guess a little bit, but I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down in this chair and use this six foot hook to its maximum capacity. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, but yeah, for the most part, like there's sometimes I'm like, oh man, I really got to work on my shoulders or my, my legs are tired today. Yeah. And it kind of, it helps me go like, okay, what, well, why is that? 
what do I need to work on next? So it's like, okay, well, well, I didn't really get that much sleep last night. So maybe that's why I'm exhausted or whatever. So I'll try to like get more sleep the next week or the next month or something like that. It helps me focus on what I should do next. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. And I like that you are specifically taking it in that, in that context of, of this thing hurts or this thing is not working that well. And a lot of times that's where we stop. Um, mm-hmm. We, we got to take that next step and say, okay, why is that? And then what can we do to address that? So I like that a lot. Yeah. It gives me, it helps me like have, have a, have an issue to, to work on. And then like, if I want to get better at that, then I actually have to learn how to, how to adapt and to change. And I'm, I'm big into leveling up every aspect in my life. And fitness is one of those, one of those things that I'm into. So, and there's three other ones that we can talk about, but, uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to make a note here, dude. We're definitely going to get to that. Uh, so can we talk about Harrisburg for a little bit? Yeah, man. Uh, know. Give me a little quick sketch of like the city itself. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like founded in the 18th century. I think it's the capital, but uh, that's, yep. that's really about all I know. So. Yeah, so founded a long, long time ago. Uh, capital is of Harrisburg. The population goes from like 50,000 to upwards to 150,000 on the work days because it's the capital. So we get a lot of uh, state workers and then people that just, you know, tourists to see the capital and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's 11.4 square miles. We're bordered on the one side by a river. So we do a lot of water rescues. And then basically it's split up into sections. We've got the uptown, which is the north side. And we have the downtown, <clears throat> and then there's the hill, which is cut into two sections. And then for the most fires, they're on the hill, and sometimes they're on the uptown. We'd hardly ever go downtown for fires, but it has happened. Uh, we do a lot of water rescues because of the river's borders, the entire one-sided city. So we keep pretty busy. Um, it's uh, like any other city. It's you know it's got its good parts and its bad parts. Right. Um, which makes it interesting for calls and for fires. Uh, the demographics can go from super po- super poor ghetto to like, um, you know, up upscale kind of almost rich people. So it's 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 interesting. And then you have the Capitol building in the middle, basically, which is super super cool to drive by all the time. Yeah, I it's imagine. a beautiful building. It is beautiful. I I, I looked it up. Gosh, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think after I met some of you guys in Vegas, uh, I just you know did a did a Wikipedia search on Harrisburg, and yet yeah, that is a, a beautiful building, and it's a really interesting uh, city. Mm-hmm. Um, how many uh, firehouses do you guys have? We currently have three. Um, <clears throat> the one firehouse where Squad Eight is that's on the, like the South Allison Hill. The other house is Station Two. It has Tower One and Wagon Four and the Battalion Chief. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the Uptown Station, Station 1, has Tower 2 and Wagon 3. Tower 2 is going to be replaced by Ladder 2, which is the tiller company. Oh, nice. Here, here shortly, they're, start, they're finishing up all the driver training for the tiller because it's a little different than driving a tower ladder. So mm-hmm. that should be hopefully within the next month from what I understand. So That's exciting. Yeah, dude. And I, I just bid the, the driver spot for Tower 2, so I'll be driving the uh, tiller ladder. Or the we, tiller. You be you be in the back. You be the tillerman. I'll be the front. Okay. Yeah. And then my captain's like, "Hey, we're gonna switch <laughs> this guy in the back every tour." And I was like, "Okay, that's awesome." So right that on. win that's a win for me. 
Very cool. Um, in Harrisburg, I think like a lot of cities on the East Coast, you have a lot of row homes. Yep. So I think differences in building stock is like one of those things that we really overlook a lot of times as firefighters. We have okay. all these disagreements in the fire service about like the best tactics and single family dwellings or garden apartments or center hall buildings. And um, I think one of the things on this show, like I kind of try to stay away from is a lot of like how to and like mm-hmm. more focusing on the why because like you and I fight fires in way different environments. Oh yeah. And it would be silly for me to like project my suburban small town Idaho best practices onto you guys because mm-hmm. we're, we're doing totally different things even you know within firefighting. Now that said, it does present a lot of really interesting challenges I imagine at row homes. So uh, can you like describe what a row home is and some of the idiosyncrasies involved in, in fighting fire in those buildings? Yeah, sure. Um, the row homes we have are like <clears> – <throat> 20 foot wide by anywhere from 40 feet deep to 60 feet deep. And then there's, they go from two stories to three stories. A lot of times they have a straight run stairway about 10 feet in from the front door. And that goes to the second floor. And then that wraps around to the third floor. Or you have like a, not necessarily like a scissor stairs, but like they go. Like a return stair? Yeah, a return stair. Uh, thanks. Um, they go a return stair in the middle, mm-hmm. and they'll go to either one side, and then they'll go up, and then it'll tee off on the second floor, and it'll, it'll wrap around the third floor if there's a third floor. A lot of them have flat roofs. Some of them have um, pitch roofs. Uh, we have a, a lot of interesting stuff. Some of them have like barn style roofs. Uh, they oh, look like okay. barns. Yeah. So like. <laughs> I mean, it could range from anything. It depends on where it is in the city. And like some of them have uh, like super old walls and it's like lath and plaster. And then some places have been uh, refer- re- refurbed to have like drywall and stuff like that. So like you never really know what you're going to get into. Sure. And uh, a lot of them don't have firewalls or if they do, they'll be like every six or every four. So like if you have a fire in one building and if it gets in the cockloft, you're going to be fighting fire in poor buildings. So, which in itself can be a lot of fun and a a lot of work. So, uh, I guess when I think about fighting fires in those types of buildings, that is kind of the thing that, that I guess that's my perception anyways, that it seems like a lot of fun and it seems like potentially a lot of work. Uh, Oh yeah. And it would be pretty easy to, to get your ass kicked. Um, I guess given the opportunity, would you choose fighting fire in like a, I don't know, like a 1940 style bungalow or like a craftsman home or in a row home? Like what's, what's more fun? What presents like those challenges that you're excited to tackle? That's a good question. Oh man. Uh, I didn't really think about that. Uh, row homes are fun because like you can, excuse me, um, you can have a fire in this one house. It's like, front to back or whatever uh and then the next room or the next house to the right or left will just be like a little incipient fire coming through the walls you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like uh one cylinder well, this is a good analogy from what, what i tell guys like if you do two cylinders you do it to two different fires if, if that makes sense like you do one cylinder in the fire building and then like they'll come out you'll switch cylinders the command might send you over to the next building and it's completely different fire you know what i mean like you might be searching in complete darkness 
on the first fire. I work on a truck, so we're gonna go with that. Uh, searching complete darkness in the hot, in the hot, sticky, you know, environment. In the first, in the first building, and then you'll come out, you know, get rehabbed, and then you go into the second building and just do, uh, you know, open it up the walls and the ceilings, which are two different fires, you know what I mean? So, like, we don't really have that much manpower, so you're going to be doing a lot of everything. So, um, but I like fighting fires in row homes. I like fighting fires in duplexes. Um, <clears throat> I also like fighting fires in little ranch houses. I'll just, <laughs> I like I like going to fires, so I really don't care. Um, but row homes have their, you know, their own little nuances. Yeah, that's interesting. If you... If you don't get ahead of them, like you'll burn the whole block down. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot like um, I think what's analogous to my world is garden apartments. Uh, yes. The only experience that I have really feeling like I've gone to multiple different fires at one scene is is in those garden apartment fires, and mm-hmm. and again the same kind of thing where um, it gets in the in the cockloft or what we would just call an attic space or a void space and. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can you you can lose that whole building of of thirty two units pretty quick. Oh yeah, we have some smaller garden style apartments, not like thirty two units, but I've been to a couple of those. Those are those are similar, but the, you know they're they're their own little monster. Oh, so, sure. but they're. <coughs> uh, so you guys have three stations. What's your first alarm response? Just all three, all three houses, every, um, every unit going or. Uh, for a working fire dispatch, we get two engines, two trucks, and a battalion chief. <clears throat> and then if you get on scene and it's you know more than a room or maybe uh, something that looks a little extraneous, having like confirmed entrapment, uh, they'll call first alarm, which is uh, another engine, a rescue, and a truck from the county. And then I'm not sure what it is for second alarm, but okay. basically if it's a first alarm, our entire city is going to that fire plus some other resources. Cool. Uh, so Harrisburg's like an older department, I think with a lot of tradition, I would imagine. Is that, mm-hmm. is that a, a seem accurate? Yeah. Um, when I got hired, uh, they went through an exodus of like 30 guys from a hundred, 110, I think it was 103. Uh, a lot of them retired. So, a lot of that experience we lost and then my class kind of was like the the new class of nine and then we had 12 I think after me and then 13 and then or 12 4 and 13 so like a third of our department is like under five years of experience mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the older guys have have 20 ish years of experience and then before that there was dudes here for like 30 years so all those guys that have 20 years or so have gotten you know knowledge and experience from all those other senior guys so like we're getting the experience kind of like second hand but it's still still pretty good and then yeah a lot of guys are they like to do things certain ways which makes sense you know what i mean like it's it works so yeah um I think it's easy for a guy like me to kind of romanticize that. I, I'm from a small suburban department that grew exponentially in the last 20 years. So um, we don't have a ton of experience on my job. I don't have those. I have one uh, captain on my job with, with 30 years. Um, oh. And there's there's a lot of guys with, um, you know, a lot, a lot less than that, you know, in the teens, um, mm-hmm. kind of our senior guys. Um 
And so, you know, an older department with those with those experienced uh, firemen ahead of you. I mean, that that sounds amazing to me. It would like be a great place to learn. Um, what's the what's been the best thing about kind of growing up in that environment, and and have there been any negatives? Best thing I I would say is like um, when you go to a fire and you're like, oh, you 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 have this expectation of how things are going to go. And then those guys like break that expectation almost immediately. And you're like, oh, I didn't know this is how we do things. So I guess this is how we do things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would have done that, but apparently it's okay to do that. You know what I mean? I didn't know that was possible. So like you're <clears throat> what you think and what actually can happen is two different things. You're like, oh, man, like uh, – I've only ever read about that or ever heard my uncles talk about doing that sort of thing. Um, and you're like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, cause I can be a fireman here instead of just being like, Oh, I guess we're going to play it safe or whatever. Like, no, you can, you can do your job here and it's at Hanton Harrisburg and it's, it's fucking awesome. That's, that's all, pretty much all I got to say. The negatives is like, uh, you're young and they, you know, like, uh, they have a certain old school mentality of like, yo, dude, shut the fuck up until you show us that you're, that you're going to do this job. You know what I mean? Which is totally cool because like that hasn't gone away since I've been there. Like you can't, you know, they're going to put you in your place if you can't do what you're supposed <laughs> to do. So, which is kind of nice on the accountability side, I guess. But it also is like, if you don't go to fire, like my first year, I didn't go to a fire for a year. And it was just like, oh, man, I just want to go to a fire. Like, it's just get it over with so that they stop total, <laughs> total dicks to me. But like, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? I, I think that makes a lot of sense to get those, <laughs> want to get those guys off your back. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Um, okay. So I, I guess what we're talking about, Harrisburg. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is uh, the conference you guys are putting on out there, the Art of, Art of Firemanship Days, and kind yep. of uh, in concert with that, also the Art of Firemanship Journal, the, like the internet-based mag you guys put out that uh, is really fantastic. Uh, thank you. appreciate that. You know, dude, thank you guys for doing it. <laughs> you are involved with like both of those things, right? Putting on the conference yes. and as well as, as the journal? Yep. Um it's, it was kind of like, uh, a couple of us kind of started it and I've been involved ever since the inception of both actually. Um, it was kind of like, like, Hey, uh, we're looking to do this thing. And then we kind of like called everybody that we knew it would kind of be okay with helping. And then it just kind of blew up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Bastinelli took the reins because I have young kids. So, and I could only do so much. Uh, but I try to be involved as much as possible because I think it's good to, you know, like force or not necessarily force, but like, uh, be involved outside my own department and try to make the fire service in general better. So, um, <clears throat> but, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, was it as simple Was starting that as simple as like, Hey, we got some, motivated people here let's do something to help the fire service or were, was it more specific than that you know what was kind of like the the seed that started the conference and and the magazine the, the seed was the chief had brought in, in a guy to do a leadership class for um the officers 
and then I was there when they were done with the class and he had, he had said something like, Hey, we should bring this guy back for, you know, doing a conference. And I was like, Oh, we could do, we could have, you know, John Salka come in to, to, to talk about engine and leadership and some other stuff. And then we, we just kind of were like, Oh, we could do this and this and this and this and this. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later we're meeting at the farm show, uh, trying to get a venue. And then, we're calling people like, Hey, you want to do this? And they're like, yeah, cool. So, and it was, uh, it just kind of like blew up. It was just kind of off the hook, you know, shooting from the hip kind of thing. Um, it was super unorganized at first. Uh, it was just like, Hey, why don't we do this? Okay, let's do that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, shoot first, aim later, if that makes sense. Uh, but like, from what I've learned from that sort of thing is, you know, without action, like you can't get anything done. So like, it's cool to be like, Hey, let's take action and then learn from whatever we did, which is pretty much, you know, um, how you fight fire. You're like, okay, we're going to do this. This works and it's great. If not, we'll learn from that. So, yeah. um, yeah, we can stand outside for 10 minutes and make a perfect plan. Right. But it doesn't quite work yeah. that way. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, that's really then, similar to my experience as well when it comes to running a class or a conference or a new project. You know, half the time you're, you're trying to figure it out as you go. Yeah, man. No, no, it makes total sense. Like, and it was like, and then I think after year, year two, the second year after we did the hot program, I think Bassinelli and I were talking about doing a, like a quarterly thing that we a journal and then he took that and ran with it and it was just like dude this dude like has got some creative genius you know what i mean and like can put out some good stuff like he's got an artistic eye so he makes it like super fancy and stuff like that and i'm more traditional and stuff like that but i uh, i wouldn't change that journal for it anything that it's worth like it's fucking awesome and i'm like hey what do you need and uh, he's like well i need this so I do a lot of work on the back end trying to find people who want to write articles for it. And like most of the time I just like scour the internet and then follow a dude for about a couple of months and I'm like, okay, this dude looks legit. I'm going to have a conversation with him and, uh, and then see how he acts to that. <clears throat> and then I'm like, okay, this dude seems cool. You know what I mean? He seems like he knows what he's doing and we're going to, I'm going to ask him if he wants to write an article. And if he doesn't, that's fine. If he does great. You know what I mean? Like, and most people are like, hell yeah, I'll do that. So, <laughs> I, I I love the magazine. I haven't been able to make the conference yet. I, I had intended to go last year and uh, it didn't happen. Did you guys do that in May? May. Yeah, we don't know what the next date is. Bastionally still on vacation. Right. So when he comes back, you know, he's the boss. He's kind of like the, the dude that takes the charge. So um, right. we have to have a meeting. And discuss. I think it's like usually like the second or third week. Right. But I don't know the dates for sure. I don't know if we're going to keep doing it in May or not, but it seems to be working out for us pretty good. So good. Well, I hope you guys do whatever works out for you. A spring is kind of a, well, every, every time is an insane time in my life. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to make it happen this year. I really want to get out there. Um, I'm super impressed with what you guys do. The people you bring are top notch, and everyone who I speak to who goes to the Art of Firemanship Days conference uh, has nothing but praise for it. So uh, we will link to that in the show notes, just so people can can check it out. And um, cool man, yeah, 
obviously yeah, it's cool. 2018 is still a long way off, but people should be thinking about, about May of 2018. Yeah, the funny part about it is we usually don't like start planning it until about six months out, and then mm-hmm. we don't normally get serious until about four months out. That's kind of annoying for me because it's like, yo, dude, we could totally blow this thing up in a whole year, but like people got lives, they got kids, they got, you know, families. So it's like, yeah, that's probably like, that's probably the most frustrating thing for me because I'm like super results driven. So, uh, you know, and it's hard to market. For yeah, like six months or whatever. So that I've I've found that that becomes difficult too, right? Because if you want to put in a, a budget request for your from your department to to go to some class, right? Uh, but you don't know how much it is, and you don't know exactly when they're doing it. Uh, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff can be difficult. But I've been on the flip side where you're at, and you're you're trying to plan it and run it, and uh, and also manage a family and a career and all that stuff as well. Yeah. It makes it it's interesting it's 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 an interesting new set of problems to work on oh uh, so with the journal i guess i just want to pimp it a little bit and get people yeah. to read it um it's amazing it's it's beautiful it has incredible content and top-notch contributors um so everyone should should find the art of Fireman'ship days journals there's been three issues thus far um What's been the best thing for you that's come from being a part of that? Uh, the opportunity to uh, like meet other people and to talk to other people that normally I guess wouldn't I wouldn't reach out to. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I got a whole bunch of requests from dudes, or I went and sought out a whole bunch of articles from guys that I probably wouldn't have reached out to in the in the meantime. Uh, stuff like this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do that. You know what I mean? Like kind of like help market it a little bit, but, um, but it's, I don't know, just like the journey, the process is, is the best part. Cause it's like, okay, what are we doing next? How do we, how can we make it better? How, you know, like, what can I do now? Like, okay, that worked pretty well. Okay. What do we need to do next? Or like, Hey, we need more pictures. Okay. So I got (laughs) to take more pictures. Like that's, that's not always like, that's the hardest thing is to get good quality pictures. I'm like, well, I don't carry around a, you know, a camera with me. I just have my phone. So, uh, that's all you're getting from me. So, uh, <clears throat> but that's probably the hardest thing, but, um, just a learning aspect of like, okay, so we have a deadline or we don't have a deadline. We we're learning to, uh, you know, be a little bit more detailed on our grammar and our spelling. That seems to be our biggest issue. Um, what else? I don't know, man. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I've learned from it. So yeah, it's great. Well, I think this kind of moves us along and maybe actually circle back a little bit where you talked about like your different blocks of life. Uh, you're a family man, you're married, you got kids. So can you tell us a little bit like about, you know, your responsibilities as a dad and a husband and then like what these blocks of life are and, and how you're managing what you're trying to do in the fire service with these other parts of of your existence yeah man so i got there's four pillars basically that i follow in my life and i learned this from a mentor uh two years ago so there's body balance being in business so body is fitness so working out every day and then eating healthy so uh balance is my relationships with my kids and my family and my friends and other people so like every day i'll send a, a text message to my wife and, and I'll carve out 
a decent amount of time just for her. So, and every week I take her on a date and every other week I'll take my kids out and do something with them. So, um, and they'll also read about relationships and then I'll try to apply that every day. Like every day I read like you know, 20 minutes about relationships and I'll try to apply that for that day, write it down. And then if I ever have a revelation in the future, in the future, I'll go back to that <clears throat> being is like my, uh, my brain, my mind, um, uh, try to meditate like 20 minutes a day. And I try to read, um, something new that, I normally wouldn't read about like I'll try not to read a fire service thing. I'll try to read like um, something that will like stimulate my brain. Basically, ideas or information in helps with ideas out, and that helps a lot with like solving problems on the fire ground and solving problems with firemanship days or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then I have a a process that I go through that if I get stressed out, I can kind of calm myself down and be like, okay, so that's, you know, this isn't actually what's happening. This is what's happening. So, and then the business is, uh, like fireman, fireman stuff or firemanship day stuff. And, and, uh, I'll work on a 90 day goal for that. Like for work, I just got back to the truck and I drive. So I want to be good at setting the truck up and getting the, the tower ladder up and wherever I need it to go. So I basically just drill that every time I'm at work. Um, and then I'll read about business stuff. Basically that helps me with firemanship day stuff. And then if I have a firemanship day goal, I'll work on that solidly for, uh, however long it takes me to get done. And basically I try to get all that stuff done before 10 o'clock in the morning. And that basically sets up my entire day for success. So if I get all that shit done in the morning, I can, my entire day is pretty much set and I just, I'm like on, on overdrive or like, you know, cruise control the rest of the day. So when you say all those things down, you're, you're saying you, you try to address all four pillars before 10 AM. Yep. And then like, if I, and then if say for instance, I only get three of those things done and like, you know, a week down the road, I'm like, man, like I feel just out of funk. I'm like, Oh, it's cause I haven't read anything that stimulated my brain for the past week. I'm like, Oh, okay. And if you write it down, basically I write it down and I check it off. Yeah. And it gives me a little, like little something to look at to be like, okay, so <clears throat> this is why I'm not doing whatever it is. Does, it, does that make sense? Like, Oh, I feel in the funk because I haven't read or meditated for the past week and a half. So my brain isn't working the way it should. Right. It gives you a system to kind of identify or maybe like, I don't know, run self-diagnostics. Yep. And it basically puts you in a flow state so that when you get all these things done, you can kind of like, you're in this, like, I don't know, a uh, different state of mind. You're like, okay, I'm done. I'm fucking just going on overdrive right now. You know what I mean? Like, and you just like bang stuff out. And if you go to a fire on those days when you're on cruise control and it's just like, bam, 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 bam. Does that make sense? But if you're off on those days, you're like, okay, now I have an idea where I need to work on. Or why things didn't work the way it did. Does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense. That's that's really good. Are you spending any time like journaling? Yep, that's Is, part of it. Like oh. whatever revelations that I have, or reading, or you know, like. Um, uh, if I have an argument with my wife, be like, "Hey, this is why this happened." You know what I mean? Like, and then try to figure out um, where I went wrong, and then I have something to work on for the next however long. Or like, 
specifically with my my workout routine like hey i had a hard day doing squats or whatever last week uh i was super tired like i was eating junk like the day before like no wonder i couldn't <clears throat> you know hit my, hit the prs that day that, like i normally had been doing so it's like it gives me an idea it gives me a frame of reference to fix my issues interesting when you journal are you breaking it down into those four pillars are you just kind of writing more free form just kind of whatever is top of mind free form that usually helps like get all the junk out of my head oh very good what's up daisy stepping on your dog dude to... no she she was Man, this going out a... to the internet dude don't don't beat your dog people <laughs> no she's got her shot collar on <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh, very good, dude. That's, that's really interesting. So how long have you been, oh, you said a, a mentor kind of turned you on to that a couple of years ago? Yeah, two years ago. So I've been doing it two years and then kind of like, uh, got serious with it about a year ago and it's, it's helped a lot. Like, you know, like set 90 day goals and you just crush them. So interesting. Can you set 90 day goals for balance and being, and, and if so, like, what do those kind of goals look like? Balance like this, um, my 90 day goal this week, this, this 90 day goal for balance is <clears throat> like kind of get a little bit more connected with my wife. So what I had to do was download a book or buy a book on how to like reconnect with your partner. So like, you know, not the necessary, not the normal conversation questions that you usually do or talk about. Let's see if I can find them. Like, hey, what's your – off the top of my head, it's like, hey, what was your – what was the funniest thing that Molly did this morning? Molly's my uh, one-year-old. And then she'd be like, oh, okay, why did you – why did you think that was funny? And then it gets a little bit more deeper in conversation and be like, okay, what what was the – normally it'd be like, hey, how was your day? And you're like, oh, it was okay. Like no right. one's going to answer that question the way you want right. you know, or get any deeper in that. <clears throat> and then being this – this uh, – quarter for me is um i'm gonna take a meditation class to kind of like change up the way uh things are going for me so i have to find one and then in my area there isn't one so i have to go you know drive to one and then you know hopefully my schedule works out that i can go to it so so and then that'll give me a little extra on my being and then I'll also like find a book that is a little outside my realm for a new skill or something like that, or, and I'll read that. I haven't figured out what that was going to be. So that's cool. This is, this is really great. Uh, <laughs> I have to imagine two years ago or, or whenever this kind of idea was introduced to you, it wasn't like you had hours and hours of time that felt like free time or felt like wasted time. So what did you have to do with your schedule, how did you have to reprioritize and what kind of crap did you have to cut out in order to establish this type of a routine? That's a good question. I basically, I started getting up earlier, like half an hour earlier. And then like, um, uh, I kind of had to schedule out my day. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this before 10 o'clock. So that's on Sundays I would schedule, schedule my entire week. Like, uh, okay. And then like, I plan everything nowadays. It just gets a little bit more detailed the, the more I get into it. So Sundays, you know what I mean? Like I know what days I'm working. I know what days uh, I have to get up early. I know what days like my kids have to go to daycare and I plan accordingly. So like <clears throat> an hour before my daughter has to get up, like I'll try to get up 
a lot of times, sometimes that won't happen, but most of the time she'll be eating, eating breakfast and I'll be reading my stuff and, um, doing my things. And then after I take her to daycare, like I get her, I get my workout in and then do all of the other stuff. So, um, I had to prioritize basically like, and then if you write it down, you can find out what you're interested and what you're committed to. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really great, man. I hope, uh, I hope people will maybe consider that more deeply. Uh, I definitely try to live with intention in my own life, but mm-hmm. uh, breaking it into these four pillars is not something that, that I've been uh, exposed to. So, so thanks, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it was exposed to me, so I'm just you know sharing the sharing the information. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do, right? So. <laughs> That's the idea. That's the idea. Keep uh, keep it moving. Um, well, cool. Something that uh, we talked about a little bit previously, or and and actually something you've written about in the Art of Farmanship Journal is uh, your your previous career as a chef slash kitchen manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm kind of fascinated with what people did before they were in the fire service. And I was, a, I was a landscaper and then a manager of landscapers and then a landscape company salesman. And I, I spent a lot of years in, in that arena and I didn't love it. And I really wanted to be a fireman. And I, I was always trying to think of these hacks. I was always trying to think of these, these ways that I could just like quit what I was doing and, 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 become a firefighter faster. Um, and, and it doesn't, life doesn't always work that way. One of the best things that happened for me was I read a book called Quitter uh, by a guy named John Quitter. Acuff. And, and it's, it's a great book and there's a lot of lessons in it. But the main lesson that I took was, was that I needed to apply the lessons that I was learning in landscaping and, and establish connections between how that was going to translate to firefighting. And to really focus it, becoming good at those things and using my current job to prepare me to be better at my next job, um, even in a completely different in a completely different arena. Uh, it seems like you were able to kind of find some translation between being a kitchen manager uh, and being a firefighter. So what was your kind of previous career like and how did that translate positively to being a fireman? Yeah, so... Um... I was a cook for a long time and then uh, uh, from high school, middle high school, like 14 to um, 22, 23. Um, after high school, I tried to go to college, uh, drank too much, got kicked out. So um, I went back to work and I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I'm only good at cooking. So I was like, well, I'll go to culinary school. So what I did was I tried to get out of all my bullshit and I left Pennsylvania and I went to Phoenix, Arizona to a culinary school out there. So I kind of like cut ties with all the dudes that were buying me alcohol cause I was underage. Um, yeah, you know, if you want something different, you gotta do different things. Um, so I went out there, uh, got into culinary school and then culinary school was from six o'clock at night to 11 o'clock. Those were my classes. And then I found a job like two weeks after I got there an Italian restaurant and I would work from six in the morning to two or three in the afternoon. And then basically, you know, I had a good leader. I had a good boss when I first started, like dude worked his ass off, made sure he, you know, like, um, got his shit done. There's a thing in the, in the, um, 
in the culinary world is called mise en place. Basically, it's everything in its place. Uh, so you have this station. So say you're cooking the hotline or whatever, the saute station, which is the fast, like the, everything cooks super fast. It usually have like six burners and a flat top you can work on. <clears throat> but you have to prep everything beforehand. So you have to prep all your vegetables, all your meats, all your sauces. And then like when the ticket comes in for an order, you see what it says and you get all the stuff for that meal, for that plate. And then you cook it and you put it on the plate. So the mise en place is the stuff that you prep beforehand. So okay. basically it's it's like how the engine or the rig set up. So is everything in its place or is it, is it nice and tidy? Do you know where everything is? How I put my knives and how I put my my extra towels or whatever and my my everything is it where it needs to be so like how you set your stuff up in the rig every day you know what i mean like so that when you need it you can do it quickly so like <clears throat> if you come in one day and your mise en place is one way and you change it the next day and then you change it to something different the third day you're never going to get good at getting quick on the on the hotline like yeah. or even on the cold line so like coming on the rig you put all your stuff in the same exact same place so you have a system uh to get it on quick or like when you come off the fire truck and then you pull the hose the same way or whatever after you learn how to do it correctly you know everything's the same way so that when there's problems come up you can kind of like see where they're at um and then like the whole team mentality like uh so a hotline in my last job there were six positions there was the um guy that worked in the oven he basically took food from the coolers put it on a plate covered with butter stuck it in the oven or sent down a steak to the broiler guy uh, the broiler guy would cook the steaks or prepare um prime rib and then little he would also be uh he'd have the fryer so he would do like uh, certain french fries or whatever and then there's a guy the chef who who worked on the pass Basically, he would plate the food, put it up, and the guy that would help him plate food, and then the saute guy, uh, I think I'm missing one, but, and then there was a guy that helped the saute guy. So, two people working, six people on the line, and you have, are in this, like, submarine-looking kitchen that's, like, you know, <laughs> like, four foot wide. So, you get super comfortable working with knives and hot next to this dude and like you expect the guy on the end of the line to do his job so you can do your job you know right. what i mean like right. if he's if if one dude's not having a good day or whatever like you know drank too much or like having issues with his wife or whatever and you don't know or girlfriend and he's like having a mental breakdown you're gonna find out in the middle of dinner service because he's gonna fuck everything up you know what i mean so like uh it just so, it sounds just, like a fire, it, right? I mean, it sounds exactly. like the guys on the line and, and the guy outside pumping and the dude in the in the chief car. I mean, it's yep. it's a pretty it's pretty straightforward uh, parallel, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, like, you basically go to war every day at dinner and lunch. Um, you know, you like for four hours straight at lunch or at dinner time, and then like two three hours at lunch, like you're just hammering out food, and the pressure is you can feel the pressure when there's like a million people sitting out in the dining room. I know it's not, it's not actually a million, but like the, the tickets just keep coming in and you're just slinging food. Like it's there, there's no tomorrow. It's, Dude, I don't know. I don't know if you knew this about me, Brian, I own a, a food trailer, a food truck more or less. Okay. 
and my wife and I run it for about eight weeks in the summer and we only do, we don't, we do a, a few different fairs. Um, so it's just this really short, you know, kind of seasonal mm-hmm. thing that we do. So I, I fully feel you, man. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I People just show up and you're just like crunching, crunching yeah, yeah. out food. Like there's no tomorrow. And right. it's like, that could, that could be like going to a fire when you show up and all yeah. of a sudden like shit's hitting the fan and you're just going to work, man. And it's the thing that I've noticed about both of them is that I seem to lose a objective sense of time. Yep. Right. Like when you're in a rush and it looks like there are a million people in line outside your food truck, it's a lot like, you know, being in, in a zero vis environment where mm-hmm. you, it's very difficult to keep a realistic objective kind of perception of what time is actually, is actually doing. Yeah. It's, it's, I loved it. I love doing it, but I got burnt out because I would, you know, I would go to work, drink like four espressos a day just to try to keep up the energy try to keep up going and then like got home at 11 o'clock and then I'd, you know, be exhausted and then I'd slam a whole bunch of whiskey to like fall asleep and your body cannot handle that for very long. So, um, now I know that that was adrenal fatigue and not necessarily like burnout. So, uh, but like, you know, when you educate yourself when you're older, you're like, Oh, okay. I could have, you know, not drinking so much caffeine and taking, you know, so vitamins and I probably would have been a, a lot better off. And I also wasn't eating correctly either. So because you don't have time to eat a whole healthy meal in the middle of no, you don't. six o'clock when everybody else is eating. So yeah, I uh, was skinny. I was like 115, 120. Man, how tall and are now you? I'm 5'7". Okay. That's and now I weigh 150. So okay. that's a lot of extra weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so that was in Phoenix, dude. How did you end up back in PA and how did you get connected with the fire service? Uh, I ended back up in PA because my grandfather died and I felt really horrible about not being able to leave work to like be there when he was sick. I was there after for his funeral. So I missed the family. I loved it when I was out there, but I missed my family. So I came back to Pennsylvania. I moved down to like Quaker town, which is like uh, two and a half, three hours away from my parents. And then that's when I figured out, like I was just getting beat up and I, you know, I'd have a girlfriend for like two weeks, four weeks. I was just so busy. Like I couldn't like get a family life, nor did I know how to do it correctly. So, um, I started being like, Oh, what can I do? Like, I don't want to be in office working in office because I can't do that. Like I would think I would go crazy. So I looked at my mentors and my heroes. So my dad is in the fire service being a mentor and hero of mine. So he was a volunteer and so are all my uncles. So I was like, Oh, I could probably do that. And I always liked it when I was younger. I didn't quite get into it because of the politics. I didn't know their politics. Then, you know, watching two guys yell at each other and you're like, man, this is ridiculous. Uh, but now that I know, what I was actually happening is my dad was yelling at this dude because he was a sissy, you know, he didn't want to mm. fight fire. So it was like, he was calling him out on being, a, you know, a pussy. So it was like, oh, okay, now that I know that's what happens, like I can totally understand why he was doing that. So basically, uh, interested in the, interested in the fire service, my family would have family breakfasts on Saturdays down at the restaurant in my local town and all my uncles would be there and they would always talk shop. 
you know, you're 12, 13, whatever, listening to these old guys talk about fires, and they're like, oh, man, you know, that last one we had, that guy came rolling out the door, and you're like, get the fuck back in there, you pussy, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, dude, this is awesome. So, <laughs> like, and you're just listening to these dudes that you admire, like, talk about the coolest thing in the world, and, you know, like, I would go to the firehouse and do training with them, and put they put their mask on me and stuff like that, and I'd go do search stuff, and... And then, like, when I didn't join the fire service, I felt like I let them down when I started working. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know, I felt like I was letting my family down by not doing the tradition that was what my family did. So I was like, I took a good hard look at what I wanted. I wanted to help people. And I wanted to, at the end of the day, felt like I did something that was positive for, you know, human for people in, in my life. So I wanted to make an impact, help people. So I was like, well, my dad does this and this. He's a salesman and he's a fireman. I can't be a salesman, but I can be a fireman. And I was like, and I'm a cook. So I could, if, if I'm not a good fireman, I'll fucking be able to cook, cook dinners and no one, and nobody's going to give really give me shit. But that's right. Yeah. Hang, out, hang out with Bean Ridge, be like the mascot cooking for everyone. Yeah. But hope, but fortunately enough, I'm, I'm not a shitty fireman. I'm not the best fireman, but I'm not a shitty fireman at least from what the guys at work tell me so i'm never in the conversation of the shitty fireman if that makes sense (laughs) 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 so i'm like i I guess i'm doing something right so that was kind of why i did it i wanted to you know be more like my father and uh do something that meant something and to help people so uh, i took took the journey started testing took me three and a half four years to get hired in the meantime i became a paramedic they don't like to talk about that, but I am a paramedic. Um, for one of the, I went to the one of the best schools in the in the in the in the country. So like, I'm not an idiot. Taught me how to critically think about certain situations. But yeah, man, like I got hired, and then now I have my uh, my dad's company badge number on my helmet. So, well, that's uh, that's stellar. I don't have any family that I followed into the fire service, and I'm. You know, I have I have great family and everything, but but I'm jealous of those guys who do. That's uh, that's got to be an amazing connection to your father. Yeah, man, it's cool because like I'll go home and we'll talk shop. Be like, oh, I saw you went to fires. Like, yeah, man, it was crazy. Let me tell you about it. You know what I mean? He's just like, oh, back back in a long time ago, this is what happened to me. And it's just like, and you just learn like other stuff that like you don't learn at work because these dudes, you know, they've been going to fires for 30, 40 years. So, in, and then my uncle was another great resource that I just email him. He's like, oh, let, give me a call and then. I'll talk to him for like an hour and he's like, oh yeah, we did this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, I never really ever fucking thought about that. You know what I mean? Or whatever, whatever it is. And you're just like, man, I have like the best resources if nobody at work can answer my questions. And if these guys can't answer my questions, like I, I went to the internet to find the, the mm-hmm. questions. You know what I mean? Like I got some good good mentors on the, on the interwebs. Like I had to, you know, reach out to them, but yeah. it worked out for me. Uh, that. I'm going to jump ahead to a, to a question that I like to ask guys um, because, because you just kind of, kind of brought it up and um, you know, we, we do live in the internet age and, and the aggregate of the world's information is like available at our fingertips, right? It's in our pockets in our phone. Um, what do you think the, if there is, what do you think the benefit of, of like social media and the internet is to the 21st century firefighter? I think the benefit is that you can find dudes like yourself or like other people that you can reach out to and talk to and like actually get 
good information from. It, you, you sometimes have to, you know, uh, weed through all the bullshit and all the, all the drama that some of the fire service uh, likes to, to bring out. But if you, if, you, if you have a sound mind and you can kind of read through, read through the dumb shit, like you can find really good dudes that you can have conversations with. Like I'm in two masterminds that like every day they're adding – adding stuff to it and you're like man like i would never ever think of that or like wow that's a really good point and then sometimes you're like you feel like the little kid in the corner like hey i'm gonna say something and then they blow you up and you're like oh i shouldn't have said that uh. <laughs> i think i know what you mean i, I think I'm, I'm in at least one of those groups with you and uh, yeah yeah it, it is like it's kind of like raising your hand like all slow and timid like yep hey, yep <laughs> guys guys i have a, I have a question but but for the most part i mean you know like i wouldn't have been able to get into those groups if i hadn't like made my i hadn't like you know shown people online that i can add value to the world or whatever you know what i mean so like i try to add value so that like when i'm in those groups i don't feel like i'm <laughs> just sucking the marrow out of their bones you know what i mean like I mean, I'm trying to add something to them so that like, I feel like I'm earning my place in there. If that makes sense. I do. I do know what you mean. And I, so here's a point. I don't know if I've ever thought about this. So this, this thought is kind of half cocked and maybe, uh, maybe upon further reflection, it'll find, I'll find out I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I think just adding, asking questions adds to any, to any conversation, you know, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about the internet, we're talking about mainly, you know, Facebook groups or, um, stuff like that. Um, you know, you don't always have to have the answer to add value. Um, and, and maybe that's just a good lesson because I'm also a young guy and, and fairly still fairly early in my career. Um, so, I mean, asking questions, good questions, uh, is, is one of, I think the best things that guys like us can bring to a conversation and then, then let those, those senior guys, um, you know, give us the answer. And then hopefully we have good critical, like follow up questions as well. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, that type of question is important too, because you can ask a question and then, you know, like get a smart ass response from somebody and then maybe like asking better questions than you would normally ask. I think that's important too, because it, it causes them to think a little differently about their answer. And then maybe we're like, okay, this dude's actually thinking about his questions instead of just being like, Oh, he's just asking questions to ask questions. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Before I let you off the hook with, uh, with your kitchen manager experience, uh, <laughs> well, uh, and, and as it translates to life in the firehouse, uh, what's your favorite firehouse meal to cook? I like, I have, uh, I just found, I follow Joe Rogan, if you know who that is. Yeah. He's the dude that UFC commentator. I follow his his Instagram, and he put up like this uh, meal. It was flank steak. I think he was using uh, elk actually, but I don't. I can't get elk because I don't hunt it, and none of the butchers around here get it. So I got flank steak, sweet potato, and like sautéed kale with jalapenos in it. And that shit is just so good, man. And then so like I like making that. I'll make like super special stuff for dudes' birthdays. For my birthday, I make Blanc sauce. Or no, I make a hollandaise sauce with steak. And then like I'll do broccoli rabe and then whatever potato I, I like. But I try to try to stay healthy, but sometimes I just like blasting out pasta. Like it's yeah. easy, you know what I mean? So It's good stuff. Um, you, 
I remember, I think all three of the journal issues have had a recipe in there. Is that correct? Yep. Two of them were mine. One was Bastinelli's. Very cool. Oh, you let him do a one, dude? That was, well, he said he wanted to, and I was showed, like, I don't uh, care. Um, that was good. <laughs> you showed some, some humility there. Empower Brian to, to take yeah. over your world. <laughs> I'd be like, no, nah, yeah. dude. No, you take the no, pictures. No. I do the food. Yeah, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, if he wants to do a recipe, I don't have a, an article this month at all or the next one coming up at all like i don't need to be in there and like he was like hey we're trying to add content can you do a recipe he's like yeah dude i can pull those out of my ass you know what i mean so like uh i you know gave him a little something and i learned like i i forgot some stuff in my recipes like i forgot to you know just the wording you know what i mean it's just yeah. like oh so you learn you know and you'd be like oh well next time i won't do that so uh but no like i don't i'm i don't need to I don't need to have my recipes in there. Like I learn those recipes from other people. I just add what I, you know, found from that. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever. I don't need it. (laughs) They're all good. So, um, I guess, so probably one last thing on, uh, the art of farmanship journal, uh, in the most recent, uh, issue, which, uh, what was that winter 2017? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. You wrote a piece, and it's called The Lessons <laughs> Are in the Ring. Mm-hmm. And, man, I, I read a lot of stuff, um, both fire service-based and not. And uh, th- this is one of my favorite things I've ever I've ever read in, in, <laughs> in the fire service, you know, medium. And not that, like, you know, I mean, dude, it's, it's I don't know, how many words is it? A hundred words? It's not like it's yeah, a, if that. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's some some uh, profound essay, but it's, it's a really... Um, it's like a wonderful snapshot of what it means to be a contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I really applaud you, man. You really distilled it down, I think to its essence. Uh, so I, I think you have a copy of that. Would you mind reading that for us in your voice? Yeah, I have the, I have the uh, original, the funny member. I was chuckling about this earlier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where did this, uh, where did it, it I came, guess before we, before we read it, like where did it come from? The preface is, you know, I was, I was getting frustrated with like trying to make change at work and dude just giving me shit about it. You know what I mean? So I was just like, it was, I guess it's like expressive writing. I think that's what it's called. Like you just, you just, you just vomit basically words onto whatever the writing or, uh, this. So basically Bastinelli was like, Hey, uh, the journal is going to be out next week. I was like, Hey, uh, you mind if I write something? And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, it took me 10 minutes to write this. And then I emailed it to him. He, I was like, Hey, it's done. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. And, and then I didn't expect it to fucking like blow up. Like, and I appreciate you saying what you did is fucking awesome. Like I'm super grateful that like it's been all over the internet and I'm just like, well, I never expected this to happen, but it was mostly just out of frustration, man. Like, because all these dudes talking shit and they were, you know, like not doing anything. And I'm just like, yo man, like, shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> well i think for a lot of people that's where it ends right we're just mad and 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 anger is where it ends uh but but you really distilled it down to what it means to be someone who is doing and what it means to be someone who is spectating and i think about it if not daily like multiple times <sighs> per week and it, because it translates uh beyond the fire service obviously um it's a great lesson for my own kids you know, um, when they're doing, doing something to, uh, 
it's not that you have to ignore all outside voices, but you have to be very critical of them and mm-hmm. and kind of uh, reflect upon whether or not that's a valuable voice to allow um, into your own mind. And, and you have to, uh, I guess, uh, consider the source. So if you wouldn't mind, dude, will you do that for us? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, the lessons are in the ring. Do not give in to those people who criticize you. All they want to do is occupy space in your mind. Control your thoughts and manipulate your actions. Cruelty is cheap, easy, and chicken shit. Do not try to win over the haters. You're not a jackass whisperer. Haters are everywhere. Haters are your biggest fans. They just cheer a little differently. Those who are are talking the most shit are doing the least. Look for those doing the most. Follow them, for they don't have time to criticize because they're getting shit done. The lessons are in the rings, not in the stands. That... That was the original. I think there was some added to it, but uh, it's super close, man. It's super yeah. close. I'm looking at it too. That's that's really good. Um, haters are your biggest fans. They just cheered a little differently. Like, yeah, it's so true though, man. <laughs> yeah, because those eyes are on you as the as the content creator, as the person who is actually performing whatever mm-hmm. it is, whether you're an athlete in a stadium or um, a guy creating a fire service magazine, like there are eyes on you and they can hate on you, but their eyes are still on you. Yeah, dude. They're still like, they're still, they're, they're like a super fan at that point. Like they're, they're taking time out of their day to try to fuck with you and they're not. And if you let them, they'll win. But if you don't let them, like you'll succeed. And then they'll eventually be like, Hey, uh, you need any help with that? You know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You're just (laughs) pissed off that you didn't think of it yourself or whatever, or you didn't want to do the work. Like, I do the work and I get results and you do nothing. So shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, again, thanks for, thanks for doing it. Thanks for putting it out there, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. So that's going to move me into my next question, which is kind of a, a question I want to ask all the guests here on the refined by fire podcast. And, um, this is, this is the, the piece I would have any firefighter in America read would be the lessons in the ring because, <laughs> You know what? It should be a book. It should be an article, right? But like, honestly, how many of those guys are actually going to read like a four hundred page book? They're not. (laughs) Very very few, unfortunately. (laughs) And the ones who will read it will probably read it anyway, or they already did. So um, anyone will read, you know, a hundred words. So uh, this is the piece that I would uh, advise, or I would give as homework to every firefighter in America. Uh, Do you have a piece like that that you would that you would assign as homework? Ooh, uh, like a small piece? Or it doesn't like have to be a small piece. I mean, it could be a book. I just, I know, you know so many There are definitely books. some books that I have shifted my paradigm, if that makes sense. Uh, give me a second. I'll look them up. Yeah, dude. One's called um, Third Circle Theory. I don't know who that's by. I have to look that up. Okay, Third Circle Theory. Mm-hmm. What did that? Why? What? Did, what does third circle theory mean to you? What did it, uh, did it shift your paradigm? Uh, there's like, it, it basically shows you how uh, how perception is 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 perceived or whatever. So like, uh, <clears throat> uh, like like we talked about how in Harrisburg, like you have this expectation that things are going to happen, and then you perceive something to actually be true, so that that changes your perception on how things can work in the future. So it basically breaks that down into like three different categories of how you can 
go from one one basically progress into like leadership from that perception if that makes sense Uh, it's it's not typically like on the fire service reading uh list but it's super good yeah i would suggest it yet yeah uh as a man thinketh by um james allen it's a good one basically teaches you how like your thoughts are your reality um seven habits of highly effective people by stephen r covey that's Mm -hmm. always a good one what'd you pick up out of that what was like the most actionable item that you picked up out of the covey book uh before i knew about the four pillars and how like time management worked like that basically like solidified like that oh like I learned this from my mentor and he was like teaching me how to be a time, like how, what was important versus urgent. You know what I mean? Like sure. urgent, not important, not urgent, not or important. Like how to, how to classify those certain things into their perspective places. Like it's important to me to have a relationship with my wife. It's important to me to be good at my job. Uh, it's important to me to, you know, be, stay fit. It's important to me to have my brain work on, you know, top level, but it's not important to me to watch game of Thrones every fucking week or it's not important to me to fucking you know sit on the couch and not do anything or eat cheetos so like <clears throat> what's important versus not important and what's urgent versus no what's not urgent yeah. going on date night is not necessarily urgent but it's fucking important you know what i mean so like that basically you know teaches you how to do that oh the other ones i got okay. a whole bunch of them man <laughs> that's good man that's that's good that's that's three books for for people to to uh look up and maybe hopefully dive into uh, all right a couple more things <laughs> we're getting uh we're getting like close to to an hour and i want to be respectful oh, yeah. of your time i really appreciate you doing this so i'm gonna have just like two more things that i want to cool man ask you um what do you think the fire service is wasting its time on uh, i thought about this pretty well i think they're wasting this time on the back and forth of the the inside versus outside like if you want to be an inside fireman like talk about that so that the outside firemen don't have any other thing to look at other than what you want to happen you know what i mean like yeah basically we're giving free marketing to these people who want this to happen like just stop talking about it or talk about it less and just give your give your like that's the right thing to do do that don't worry about those other dudes because at the end of the day they're just trying to make money or whatever like do it whatever you know say what it is what it is like they're trying to make money like shut the fuck up like do your fucking job like don't worry about them like just promote what you think should happen and then like people can find you or whatever uh, what else are they wasting their time on i don't know man well i think that's a super important point to make <laughs> and i fail at this all the time dude um on social media i try to not enter a conversation unless I am adding value, first of all. And then secondly, mm-hmm. I want to focus on on talking about what I believe in rather than railing against what I <coughs> what I don't believe in. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Like like stop wasting your breath hating on all these tactics that, that you think are incorrect, but rather yeah. present the argument for what you think is correct. Yes. 
And, you know, that's easier said than done because <laughs> you see some stuff out there sometimes and it's easy to, to just like have a knee-jerk reaction. But um, oh, yeah. are you adding value and are you really focusing on, on what should be done? Yes. I mean, there. I think there's some dudes that are like hitting hard pretty good and they're doing a good job. Like I don't need to add anything to that. You know what I mean? Like let those guys that like are doing a good job against that or for it or whatever, like they're doing good. I don't need like – who to give who gives you shit about my opinion? You know what I mean? Like I'm from Harrisburg. Like I've only been doing this for so long. Like dudes have been doing it for 20 years. Let's listen to those guys. Like they've fucking been doing it. Like shut the fuck up. Like keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good, dude. Okay. Um, what actionable advice would you give the firefighter with an officer who refuses to train or only begrudgingly allows training? <clears throat> oh man, just like try to do a drill every fucking day. Like just something small doesn't have to be crazy because you're just going to get frustrated because nobody's helping you. Like pull a line, repack it, learn how to repack it yourself. Um, set a goal, set a 90 day goal so you can stay motivated and then like gamify that. Like, okay, every day I'm on shift, I give myself a point. You said gamify? Gamify. Yeah. That's so good. like big, so basically those four pillars, like I gamify that, like I give myself a half point for everything that I accomplish and I have eight <laughs> points by the end of the day. So like <clears throat> if, if you're at work and you're doing a drill or whatever, and even when you're not at work, you can read something like expand your mind, man, like do a drill every day, expand your mind when you're not at work, read something that's legit or, you know, like look at both sides of the coin or gamified drills at work so that you can actually like make it fun. Like I like video games. I don't have time for video games anymore. Like, but this is my game now. Like I, the game of life, I suppose. Um, if I do a drill, I give myself a point. And then if I get so many points, I fucking reward myself with, you know, going to a conference or something like that, trying to, or something that I have to reward myself. I, if I want to, if I want, if I have a goal, I set it and I get results from that. So like, if you just kind of do something, you're going to teeter off or you're not motivated. Like you're not disciplined. You have to fucking get yourself disciplined. So gamifying it helps you to get disciplined. If that makes sense. It does uh, because it's easy to be like quote unquote disciplined about something when you're really, when you're fired up and it's a new yes. and it's fresh and it, it becomes much more difficult. And if, if you're, you know, if, if we're counting on our, on our intrinsic motivation, day in and day out then, then we're probably setting ourselves up to fail mm -hmm. uh, this is really a, good that the gamify it that's a good piece there, there's a book called the dip <clears throat> i don't know who it's by but like it basically uh explains to you like like when you when you're doing something and if you're interested versus committed so like if you're doing something and you're like and you're like ah fucking i don't want to do this anymore like you're just interested and it tells you like like the natural progression of like where you're going to be um, at that point and what to do kind of like to keep going or whatever. Like, okay, like I set a fucking commitment for this 90 days to set the tower up every day at work and, and shoot it up at the building or like go to a, a building and shoot it up. Like I'm doing that every day by 90 days. I should be really fucking good at it. And that's it. It takes me 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and whatever else I do is extra. So like we got a lot of rookies, so we're doing other stuff with them. But that's my goal. Like their goals are not my goals. Your goals are not my goals. You know what I mean? My goals aren't your goals. So yeah. like, if I keep it simple and I break it down, and then like, okay, if I get really good at it this month, then I'll just add a little extra. Like I'll turn the rig sideways and I'll make it harder. You know what I mean? Like, 
That's that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And we're kind of, I'm circling back <laughs> a little bit, but it, I just had a, a, another follow up on that gamifying the, like the positive benefit of that. Um, but do you also gamify a negative consequence if you fail to do like to meet your daily goal? Well, the negative consequence would be the result. Like, have I gotten, am I where I'm, where I said I was going to be? And if it isn't, then you're like, okay, well then you just fucking get, get back on it. I don't really know. I haven't really thought about that to be honest with you. Like I don't, I don't punish myself. Like you either, you either learn or you, you don't, you don't fail. You either learn or you, you know, you win. So does that make sense? Like, it does. I, it reminds me, <laughs> maybe I'll include it when we, when we post the show, but I saw a photo, uh, I shared it on Facebook or something and it was on a, in a recording studio in Nashville and it was, uh-huh. just, it was just a sticker. It says either you rock or you suck. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no two ways about it. You're either getting your shit done or you're not. So you have to be able to look at yourself introspectively and be like, am I actually doing what I'm saying doing or versus am I not? You know what I mean? Like I said I was going to set the truck up. Am I doing that? No? Okay. Then what do I need to do? I have to get my off my ass and fucking go do it. So That's really good, man. Um, dude, thanks for your time. And thanks for agreeing Thank to you. do this. Um, thanks for sharing the four pillars with us. And, you know, I, yeah, I hope no that's something that guys can really – and girls can really find value in and apply uh, to their life. So yeah, man. If, if anybody has got, got questions about that, they can hit me up. Perfect. So that was, that was my next question. Where, what's the best place for someone to reach out to you um, to talk about Art of Firemanship Days, Art of Firemanship Journal, or just to pick your brain about um, these four pillars um, of your life and how to, how to gamify it? Uh, Instagram or Facebook usually. And if you hook, hit me up and you're really getting dive deep into it, I'll give you my cell phone. But uh, um, yeah, any of those. I run a couple groups that like kind of – motivate people and stuff like that so very cool so um spell your name for us brian so that someone can find you on facebook b-r-i-a-n-y-o-n-k-i-n excellent brian thanks a lot for being here uh hope everyone looks up art of firemanship days and uh thanks for doing it dude thanks appreciate it I'm Chris Martin, and we're getting down to the brass tacks and hard facts of the new Chief XD nozzle. The Chief nozzle has been an industry standard for constant flow nozzles for decades. The product, however, has been largely unchanged since the mid-90s. Taking careful attention to industry feedback, we've redesigned this tough product to make it even tougher a war calling XD for extreme duty. Improvements include, as standard, a full round ball for maximum stream quality and efficiency. Redesigned handle that's more ergonomic with improved attachment points that are even more durable. Color-coded grip insets that can be personalized to your liking. We've removed all the stickers and everything is laser etched so there's nothing to peel off or scratch. And as standard, the plastic spinning teeth have been replaced with stainless steel teeth for maximum durability. We've taken what was the industry standard for toughness and made it even tougher. Care and attention to detail has been taken to ensure there's been no compromise of the waterway design 
and the stream reach and quality is that which you've come to expect from Elkar Brass products. The new Chief XD nozzle meets or exceeds stream quality expectations of our Chief and what you would find in a high performance product. fire service. This is Refined by Fire.